0: Okay, let's begin again. All right, so if you raise your hand, you are saying yes to the question, right? All right, so here's the first question. How many of you have been known to enjoy watching a Hallmark movie? <laughs> we <With> have enthusiastic <laughs> affirmative answers. Okay, how many of you have been known to just like a good old chick flick every once in a while? You know, with a good storyline, it's funny, it comes out well in the end. Okay, that was the majority of you on that one. How many of you, if you're just a little above the chick flicks and the Hallmark movies, would say, I am more prone to choose like an old classic, you know, like something that's got some substance to it, but there's a love story going on at the same time. Janet's tracking with me down here. Okay, there are a number of you. That are saying hoorah to that. Okay, so you know what? Whether it's fiction or it's nonfiction, pretty much as women living in the culture that we do, we like a good love story, don't we? Whatever variety it is that we're drawn to, we like a good love story. And we're drawn to that because within our hearts, we long for a version of real love that feels unconditional, that um, feels to us like it's sincere and genuine and it won't change. The problem is that we live in this culture where romantic love is very glorified and emphasized to the extreme. But the way we were created when God created us in his image He really didn't create us so much to be such little women that are out looking for romantic love as much as he created us to be beings that are looking for true loving kindness, grace, genuineness in relationship. And he created us to long for that in a way where we felt like it was being given to us without us having to work at it and earn it. So there is a theme of that kind of love that goes throughout the book of Ruth. Now, before I go into depth about that, I wanna um, say this, you know, as you're reading Ruth, as you're studying it, and we've gotten to the part of the story now where Ruth and Boaz have met one another and he's beginning to be you know the hero in this little tale to a large extent because he's doing all the right things to help ruth and naomi do you find yourself a little bit since we've always kind of looked at this as a love story within scripture are you waiting for that moment when maybe there's a little spark there in the two of them notice each other in a slightly different way, and you feel like they're moving toward this moment when they're finally gonna say, okay, right, we're gonna spend our lives together, we're gonna get married. I need to tell you tonight that that is not the emphasis of the Book of Ruth. I hate to disappoint, but the truth is that the love that is throughout the Book of Ruth is a love that is the Hebrew word hesed, H-E-S-E-D. It's all about hesed in the book of Ruth. And so as we go through this chapter tonight, that is the second half of the second chapter, and we talk about the events that are going on, um, I'm very hopeful that we can begin to see the depth of what is happening in this story that it is more than anything superficial between a man and a woman, but it is in fact this deeper kind of love that originates with God. So let's take just a minute and let's just kind of recap our story where we are at this moment in time. Ruth is gleaning in Boaz's fields. Do you, do you understand fully the, the meaning of the word gleaning? Who knows what gleaning is? Exactly, thank you, Ellen. It is picking up the leftovers. It's not like being a harvester where you're walking through the field and it's plentiful and you're getting as much as you can lay your hands on. Gleaning means you see one little stock on the ground and then another and then another and you're just picking up the bare minimum of what's been left behind. So this is hard work. And she's doing this probably early in the morning and then into the heat of the day. And it gets to break time and Boaz comes to her and says, come and eat with me. And he gives her more food than she needs so that she will have some leftover to take to Naomi. And it's not at this moment that he just invites her, but he actually serves her, her meal, which is highly significant. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a moment. And he goes on to say, you know, just follow behind my workers so that she'll get more than just the minimum leftovers. He tells her that he's going to inform the men to stay away from her. It's very likely that Ruth has probably already been harassed by the workers because she's a foreigner, she's poor, she's a peasant. They would have no feeling whatsoever the men in this culture that they needed to take care of her and be nice to her. Actually, the exact opposite would be true. So at the end of the day, she has an ephah, And I wanna be sure we understand how much this was because it's significant in understanding what Boaz did for her. So an ephah would be the basket that's up in the left corner right there. But in our day and time, it, the thing it would equate to the most for us is like a bushel basket so if you think of a bushel basket of apples if you think of that being full of barley which is the grain that's in the bottom right right there that's what Ruth had at the end of the day now when it says she had an IFA, um it could be she was carrying it in a basket or it could be that she was carrying it the way the woman in this Um, picture is carrying it that what they're calling a basket is actually it's woven but it's almost more like a sack because the weight of it she would not have been able to just carry in front of her she would have to have either had it over her back or up on her shoulder or even on the top of her head to carry it and get it home and so when she arrives home what happens this quantity is overwhelming to Naomi in addition to the fact that she's got the leftovers from the meal, which means Naomi can immediately eat. Naomi probably hasn't eaten all day long. And then when Ruth says whose field she's been in and she reveals that it was Boaz, Naomi understands so much more than Ruth does about that. Ruth has no idea who Boaz is. Naomi immediately recognizes this is a member of our family. And Naomi then says to Ruth, and this is important, listen to him and do exactly what he has told you, because you can follow along and he will make sure that you get enough food for us. And he also will make sure, and the word that Naomi used in the original Hebrew was he will make sure that you are not assaulted, which kind of changes a little bit if you had the word, harassed in the version you were reading. Now, of note in this chapter is this, months have gone by. When it says in the last couple of verses that we studied for this week, when it says that um, she is still living with her mother-in-law, but she has now worked in Boaz's field through both the barley and the wheat harvest. Okay, that would be a period of months that have passed. So, some time has gone by here, and this is as much as we know about their interaction. He is, in fact, providing for her, but she is still living with Naomi. And what that suggests to us, the way the author wrote that there, is that they now have enough food, but their circumstances have not really changed. They're still living someplace, probably with a relative or some very small Little shelter that someone has provided for them, but overall they are still impoverished. Now, let's move on to talk about Hesed and how it's weaving in and out of all those events that we just refreshed in our minds. Hesed is defined this way acts of devotion and loving kindness that go beyond any kind of requirement. So you know when we think often in in our lives, we think, well, I'm going to do this for this person because I really ought to do that. I have an obligation there or a responsibility. Hesed never even takes into consideration that there would be a sense of obligation or responsibility. It is just all about doing as much as can be done to show someone that they are cared for, and that you are extending kindness and love to them. This is compassion and consideration toward others. And this, in its purest form, is what we experience from God. But now what we see is it's evident all over this story. And I want to introduce this to you tonight because it's going to be really important to see this as we keep going along from week to week. The first time we see this was in the first chapter with Ruth when she made that commitment to Naomi and said, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you. She was going above and beyond just to stay with Naomi, to care for her, to love her. And now in chapter two, Ruth's character shows Hesed again, because Ruth is the one who takes the initiative. She gets up in the morning. She is willing to walk into, honestly, ladies, what would have been very dangerous circumstances for a woman like her in ancient times. She and Naomi both have to know, when she goes out that morning, that it is very possible that she could be assaulted and abused by the men who are working in the field. And then she carries home all of this to a mother-in-law who hasn't eaten all day long. And she bursts in the door, as you can imagine, it's all good news. She has received so much, which is why she falls down on her face in front of Boaz. Do you remember that in the story? She is overwhelmed with the grace and the generosity that she's received. And Boaz, at this moment in time, is, is really going so far above anything that would be just normal or expected. He has determined not just to speak a blessing over Ruth, you know, bless you, my child, go on your way. He has determined to be the blessing for Ruth and Naomi, to solve their problem. It's very likely that what Ruth expected at that moment was that she would be treated like a peasant foreigner, that she would be given the minimum and sent home for the day. Never would she have imagined that she would have been invited to eat with the workers, let alone with Boaz, the owner of the field. Never would she have imagined that he would have said to her, you go get a drink right over here where the water is convenient whenever you need one. All of these circumstances are completely out of character and out of the norm for this moment in time. And in Boaz, the way we observe Hesed is he is in verse, um, in chapter 2, verse 1, described as a worthy man. And what that word means here is that he has character. He has strength, wisdom, position. It is used in other places in the Old Testament to describe men who were warriors, who were willing to go into battle, like it's used to describe Gideon when he goes out to face an army so much larger than the number of men that he has. And that's not the description here of Boaz, he's not a military man, but what it's implying with him is that there is so much strength inside him because of his character, because of the kind of person that he is. Now, you looked in your lesson tonight at Deuteronomy, And there's another passage similar to that one in Leviticus where God had set out the minimum for landowners. He had said to the Israelites in the law, He had said, you know, when you're harvesting, don't go all the way out to the edge of your field, stay in the main lanes. And if you happen to forget, A group that's bundled together, a bundle of stocks for the day, don't go back and pick it up. Leave it out there for the poor, for the widows, for the orphans, for the foreigners. So that was, in essence, the requirement that was on the landowners. But what you need to know is that greedy Hebrew landowners didn't follow those instructions they did harvest all the way out to the edges of their field. They did go back and pick up that bundle that they had left behind because it was all about them taking in as much as they could. So when Boaz does this, that also tells us something about the strength of his character. He is choosing to obey the Lord and the instructions he's been given. And he's also choosing that out of the grace and kindness that's in his heart toward others who really do need help. Most men at this point in time who would have interacted with Ruth would have thought something like this. You know what, she's a foreigner. She's an outcast. I don't even know why she's here near Bethlehem. She will get what she deserves. It's not a very happy thought, is it? But that's exactly what they would have been thinking. The opposite of that, however, is what Boaz does. He gives her extra to take home from her meal. He gives her all of this abundance to carry home, which will feed by the time she has harvested the barley and the wheat over these months. Ruth probably has enough food for she and Naomi to eat for a year. So this is more than generous. Now... Can you think of another character in scripture who is equally as generous? Do you remember Jesus feeding the 5,000, which was really more like 15 or 20,000? And at the end of it all, after he has divided all those loaves and fish, what happens? Was leftovers. There were leftovers. And do you remember how many baskets of leftovers there were? Twelve. Twelve. 12 disciples, 12 baskets of leftovers. So his followers, his men, had enough to continue to feed themselves for another day or so. So here's the point at which we begin to focus on something about Boaz and how we begin to understand why Boaz is such an example of Hesed. Boaz is, in fact, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. He is what Naomi refers to as a family redeemer. Or in some of the translations you may have used, it may have said he is our kinsman redeemer. And that is a highly significant concept because the kinsman redeemer was someone within a family who was to provide for widows and orphans if the husbands and the males had died. And you're gonna learn a whole lot more about that next week. But Boaz, as a foreshadowing of Jesus right here, is generous, he's merciful, and Ruth has absolutely no idea who this man is. Even when Naomi remarks to her and says, he is one of our family redeemers, Ruth probably has no real idea what that means. She's not a Hebrew by birth. She's learning this as she goes so she's encountered a man that she knows nothing about who has done something for her so far beyond anything she would have imagined does this remind you of someone in the new testament who met the woman at the well in samaria and he told her everything she had ever done and she had no idea who he was and she was trying to figure out how could he know this But before he left her that day, what had he given her? Salvation and eternal life. And then we have Naomi in this story. And how in the world are we going to see Hesed love from Naomi? Good question. Well, here comes Naomi. And Ruth comes in the door and she has all this bounty with her. And Naomi is, she has to be overwhelmed. She probably for a few minutes or seconds doesn't even know how to react to this. And what she begins to realize right here, and notice this in your discussion tonight, Naomi begins to soften. There's something that begins to change in Naomi. She begins to see that God has not left her this God that she has blamed for all of her bitterness, all of her loss, he has now become the one who is providing a redeemer, providing the food that she needs, providing the protection for Ruth while Ruth is in the fields. Thomas Watson, who was a Puritan minister during the time of the Civil War said this, "'Grace dissolves and liquefies the soul causing a spiritual thaw that's exactly what's happening to naomi right here she is having a spiritual thaw the kindness and grace of god that has come through boaz at this moment it sweeps over all that sorrow and all that bitterness and naomi begins to change she begins to be transformed. And it enables her to now show some Hesed love of her own toward Ruth when she realizes this connection to Boaz. She realizes the respect that he's shown Ruth, the respect that he's shown to her husband who is deceased, Ruth's husband who is deceased. And so now Naomi becomes an encourager. Ruth. This is exactly where you need to be. Listen to what this man has said to you. Stay in his fields, follow behind his workers. And this is the point where Naomi says to Ruth, if you stay there, you will not be assaulted. Now, ladies, I don't know if we can fully relate to what Ruth must be feeling at that moment in time, maybe to even how much Naomi worried about her as that day went on, not knowing what in the world might be happening to Ruth. But any of us can think about what it might feel like to be in a situation where we felt threatened, physically, verbally, and that's exactly where Ruth was until Boaz arrives at that field and says to his workers and invites her to lunch, which gives her value, and which also speaks to his workers other than just his words and says, You stay away from her. There's Hesed love all over this story. So, now what do we do with Hesed? Let's wrap this up and bring it home so you can go to your groups. What do we do with Hesed? The first thing we do is we receive it. God is anxious to show each one of us his Hesed love. He is in pursuit of our hearts. He is the great seeker of the affection and the devotion of our hearts. He is not put off at any moment by your sin or by my backsliding. He is not on a mission to judge us. He is on a mission to work within us, to provide for us and in his sovereignty to do the very same thing for us that he did for Ruth, to guide the events in her life. They weren't just coincidences. It didn't just happen that Ruth showed up in Boaz's field. It didn't just happen that Boaz happened to arrive in the field that morning to greet his workers and to stay for the meal. All of these things are things that God allowed and ordained in the lives of these characters so that they would receive his Hesed love. So what he wants for each of us is the very same thing he wanted for Naomi. You know what? He wants each of us to be in a spiritual thaw. He gave his only son to make that happen, to give us life in Christ. Now, we also receive hessed from those that he puts in our lives, other believers, other friends, and the people in our lives who love us, who care for us, um, who encourage us. I'm sure that every one of you can think of someone or maybe a few people in your life right now or a particular circumstance where you really needed some encouragement and some help and somebody showed up for you. My husband, Jeff, and I, in 2014 and 2015, were dealing with the fallout of a lightning strike on our house. And about 70% of our house was sooty and soggy and all of those things and had to be taken down to the studs. And we were literally without a place to live. We had almost no clothes. Um, and every day we spent during the month of July, in about ninety-five degrees, working inside our unair-conditioned home at that moment, sorting through all this mess, trying to pull out of it what could be salvaged. And here's what happened: Hesed love entered our lives. Friends immediately called us and said, "Come stay at our house." And kept us for a month and we arrived there every day black and yucko, and they had a warm meal and a shower thank goodness and a great bed to sleep in so that we could get up the next day and do it all over again. Another friend of ours who was a very successful realtor in Charlotte came to us about the second day after the fire and she said I'm gonna find you the rental house that you need and you're gonna have it within weeks. And within a month, we were moved in. Gift cards like poured in from people who knew that we didn't have any way to get our lunch or meals on a lot of days, and so we could feed ourselves, which was really good. So all of these things, there was a, a furniture dealer in town who's a believer, and when he heard our story, he gave us this huge discount to purchase some of the furniture that we needed to put our house back together again. I mean, the stories just go on and on. A crew that was restoring our house that we ended up finding out were believers and we prayed with them. I can't tell you how many times standing in our broken down house in the middle of a destroyed kitchen. So God shows up. That's my point. And he shows up in big ways on his own, but also through others that he puts in our lives. Now, the other thing that we do with Hesed is we demonstrate it. This is the last idea for tonight. Naomi has shown us how hard it is to do that sometimes. And if we were honest and admitted it, there are probably for every one of us moments when we could say, you know who I really identify with in this story? I identify with Naomi because I was in a bad place, and I was bitter and disappointed, and I blamed it on God, and I was sure I was the victim. And when we're in those places, we get all goofed up. And we can, even on a good day, be thinking, you know, God should be working on my timetable, or surely he should at least want to know how I would advise him about these circumstances and what's going on in my life right now and it's also so easy for us to think of the things that we've accomplished we've earned houses cars jobs whatever it may be we even take for granted the blessing that god gives us when he gives us children we think we did that somehow but the truth is that we can honor god with our lips and still be thinking all of that on the inside. And what god desires of each one of us is what's in hebrews 12:15. It says there look after each other. Show hesed love to each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of god. And now catch this. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupting many. So as we live as believers, one of our goals and objectives is to just get better and better at showing hessed love. It's the very thing that Jesus told us in the 13th chapter of John. This is how people will know you're my disciples by the way that you show this love and compassion and concern for each other. So let's leave tonight with this thought. My greatest need, your greatest need is not a flowers and hearts romantic love. It's not um, something that we want to hold on to that we thought was just so important for us to have. We deserve this, but maybe we never got it. Or it's not the need for us to hold on to being a victim because something has gone wrong in our lives. None of those things will fill our greatest need. Our greatest need is the Hesed love of God shown the most magnificently through the gift of his son, Jesus, coming for each one of us, which takes us right back to our theme for this year, which is... Only God is the purposeful author of your story and my story. He is the hero in the book of Ruth, and he's the hero right here tonight. He does define our identities and invite us to live lives of influence. And ladies, I can't say enough about the way that we do that the best is we show Hesed love. Let me pray for you before you go to your groups. Lord, we thank you tonight for the book of Ruth. We thank you for the truth and the depth of this story that can challenge our hearts and minds. And Lord, I just pray tonight that we will um, have hearts that are more full of gratitude for all that you have done for us. Lord, help us to move past the places where we feel bitterness and disappointment, and help us instead, Lord, to celebrate that your love for us was so complete that you sent your son for us. And I just pray now, Lord, for great discussions around the tables tonight, Lord. May you make this lesson and the truth of your word come alive for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.